Welcome to Listen With Your Eyes, the show that is heard, not seen. I'm your host, the blind guy, Callum Brennan, and on this podcast, we'll be discussing what it's like to live with a disability. Let's get started. Joining me today is my glorious guest, George. Welcome. Cheers for that, mate. No, you're welcome. Always make people feel welcome. Yeah. It's always, it's always the aim. You good today? Yeah, not bad. How about you? I'm doing all right, thanks. Uh, so I'll start with the usual, George. Uh, you know, where were you born? Where are you from? So I was born in Enfield in London in a hospital called Chase Farm. So yeah. that's maybe where I was from. Uh, well, not where I was from, where I am from. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then lived around in like North London for a good two or three years when I was like little. And then I moved to Hertfordshire, where I am now. Um, I've been here in a place called Wolfham Cross, is where I am now. I've lived here for on and off for about 15, 16 years. Right. Um, but like, just lived around certain places. But I still got the London in me, I think. Sure. That's fair. Uh, do you like London as a city then? Um, yeah. Yeah, and no. Like, obviously, there's a lot of stuff in London, and I like going to certain places in London, but. The hustle and bustle of London, I'm kind of glad when I'm away from it. Yeah, sure. That's just my only negative thing. Yeah, that's fair. I know I recently uh, went there for a day, and as you said, I just I couldn't. I mean, I couldn't imagine living there myself. But uh, I am self-aware that I say that as a uh, a country boy, uh, as far as where I was born and raised. But I still. Yeah, it's just I just find it too much. It's a nice place to visit for me, but I, yeah, I couldn't imagine living there. Yeah. So, were you born fully abled? Um. So, I was born like with with sight and stuff and everything. I had that. I was had perfect sight up to the age of about eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had an accident on a scooter and fractured my skull. And yeah. it kind of brought uh, a condition called stickler syndrome to the forefront. Right. And then my eyesight really deteriorated from probably, say, 2006, uh, uh, late 2005, sorry, on to definitely 2017. When it got its worst to what it is now, which is I can just see light, colour, shadow, dark. Like if someone was standing next to me, I could see their shadow. But I couldn't tell you what it's like. The best way to explain it is like, uh, I don't know if it'll make sense. Like when you go swimming and you can look under the water, mm-hmm. like everything's blurry, foggy, like it's like through a, a mist. Sure. That's basically what my sight's like. Okay. Okay, that's fair. Uh, so, as far as your uh, accident at 11, was that just. You know, bad luck. Were you being a, you know, a reckless rider? Um, probably a bit of both. <laughs> I was obviously going around on my scooter, and I one uh one of the young children from next door, kind of near enough, walked out in front of me, and I swerved to miss him, and then hit. Him. I went head first off the wall. Overshot it. Um, yeah, um, done the diving header off the wall. Basically, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't remember it. Like I remember hitting the wall, but I don't remember anything else. Just waking up in the hospital. Up. Yeah, I had sixteen stitches in my head, so yeah, it was a uh, bad one. And at that point, when you say when you woke up in hospital, your sight was still okay at that point. Yeah, from what from what I remember, it was it didn't really dawned on me that well I could still see so I didn't really think much of it and then a few months down the line I I had detached a retina okay Um, 
and then obviously I had to go to Moorfield, the, the delightful place. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's when it started to like, overall I've had, I had 26 operations on both my eyes. Right. Like 13 on one, on my left and 13 on the other. Um, you know, you were like detached retinas, cataracts sort of thing. Um, I had to have a cornea turn upside down, like just proper eye stuff to try and just give me a bit of quality of sight back. But but also a lot of, they said uh, some of my stuff could be down to trauma as well. Sure. I've had like traumatic stuff happen in my life and then obviously with the accident as well. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, obviously, long term wise, they didn't work as you've talked about the site you have uh, now. But short term wise, did any of the operations actually have any effect? At the time, they gave me like I could see a tiny bit, like with the cataract, and it enabled me to be able to see a tiny bit. Um, but. I suppose at the time it worked and then just as time goes on it kind of fades away sure so to sort of uh, expand on uh, Stickler syndrome are you able to do that for us yeah so um, Stickler syndrome is a genetic so it can get passed down Um, me and my I have two brothers but only one of them has it okay but he has nowhere near like i have got it like if he got a whack to the head then maybe but god forbid anything like that happens sure um so it's a multiple of different other conditions and issues so you can have like hearing issues heart you could get heart conditions diabetes people that suffer with uh, on the autism autistic spectrum have it so I have a slight form of autism as well, so mm-hmm. that's probably the only other thing I've got of that. Um, you have balance issues, like obviously your bone issues, so like dyspraxia or arthritis sort of thing. But as far as I know, the only thing I've got is like the no eye, like not having any eyesight, and they think the autism could have like obviously came from that, but they obviously can't clear cut say that. Sure. Okay. So it's it's very. I guess you're saying genetics. So it's possible if you were to have kids that you could pass it on, but it's not guaranteed that they wouldn't be fully able. Yeah. There's a fifty-fifty chance, but it's not. But that's not. That's not to say that I could have a child and they could end up with no sight like me. They could. Yeah. be absolutely fine my mum had it and she didn't realise that until she was about 36 37 because mm-hmm. she ended up tearing a retina and then when they looked at it they said oh, no you've got this condition and then that's when they tested me okay so you could go out your whole, you could go your whole life like I know someone who had it not personally, just like when you look into case studies, they had it till they were seventy-five and didn't realise. Okay, it's interesting. <clears throat> but uh, so as far as you having the accident at eleven, and then you said, we say it was like a year or two later, your sight started. You like you started to notice a difference. A few months, to be few honest, months. probably about six probably between six to eight months okay and yeah i don't really remember that it much around that period because of traumatic stuff that happened and that but from what i do remember is i think i done my head in uh april or something and then like just before the christmas time i was at moorfields so okay. but i could still see it just wasn't cl- it wasn't as good as it was like my sight was good enough to play console games without having to sit near the screen like I could sit on the other side like it was that good um and then I think you don't notice it straight away and then you notice when you think you're you're getting closer and closer to the TV here then you're thinking like yeah 
So that's when I started to notice it was a lot worse, like just as I was about to start secondary school. Okay. And was, like, so was it just like, it was the same, like say when it deteriorated a little bit and then it would stay the same, continue to de- deteriorating or was it like... It uh, stayed the same for a while, like a good few years and then the only, when it was mucking around was when I was like in year eight, year nine. Okay. Like more, like more end of year eight, year nine sort of things. That was when I'd notice like, I'd go in one day and I could play football in the playground and then I'd go in another day and I couldn't because mm. I just couldn't see and that yeah. was a hard thing to take like one I used to think to myself can't you just either give me my sight or not sure. like in my head it's a big it's definitely uh, a bit of a tease really it's like now you got me yeah, no you haven't no yeah. you have no you haven't <laughs> So were you always a were you a big uh, football fan and a football player when you did have sight or some um, sight? Yeah, I used to. I was having trials for Ipswich Town when I was about ten. Mm. So just before my accident, um, and then obviously that put paid to that when I about my eyes. Um, I'm a huge football fan. I go to football games now. Um, I used to play quite a lot in school, like football, and then I more went into cricket as my eyesight deteriorated, sort of thing. Okay. Uh, when you say going into cricket, your sight deteriorated, are you specifically referring to blind cricket or cricket yeah, in general? Yeah, yeah. Blind cricket, but then I listen to cricket quite a lot. Like not, It's not blind cricket that I listen to because no. I play that, but... Um, like I'll listen to the England games and the support. Um, my proper team I support is Somerset, but obviously I have to follow Surrey as well because I play for. <laughs> sure. So to go slightly uh, to go back to the football before we could continue with the cricket. Uh, I'm guessing. Uh, I mean, I can imagine how. Uh, frustrating that would have been to be at the point where you're I mean you were clearly pretty decent if you're having trials at a club I know some people may want to make yeah. some jokes about Ipswich but I mean <laughs> at that point they would have been in the championship then yeah uh, so, you know so it wasn't go... long since they'd been relegated to be fair because it was no 2002 when... right yeah, yeah, yeah. So when my eye, when I went for trials, was in two thousand. It was the year of um, when my team Arsenal we done the Invincibles. So yeah, it was around. It was just after that. Okay. So it only been a couple of years. Yeah. So I mean, the fact to go from that to not being able to. I mean, I can imagine, like I said. It's, well, I really, I can't. How it would have made you feel? Um, it was it was hard. If I'm honest, like I'm sure. I was obsessed with football at that age. Like mm. I was not even. I'm not a big-headed person, but I'll just say it as it is. Like when I was nine, ten years old, you could say to me, "Name a player from that sort of like from a." team anywhere across Europe and I could tell you yeah I wouldn't even like that's how mad I was in it maybe that's my autism in it as well like having that sort of knowledge yeah um I could do it now just but I just can't pronounce the names sure <laughs> I have a really big problem with that but it was um it was hard like because when you're a kid like you think you're focusing that's all I wanted to be was a footballer Mm. and it kind of got stolen away from me for yeah. no fault of my own like um, so I think it was hard like as life went on there was things that happened that were a lot harder like family bereavements and other stuff but 
I was only a child, if that makes sense. So yeah, I mean, because the thing that, and I may be wrong, but the thing that also sticks out to me is a lot of the time where you would have been dealing with your sight deteriorating, you would have been a teenager. And yeah. maybe I'm wrong, but I get I get the feeling that if you're a <clears throat> a teenager, it would be even more difficult. I mean, there's obviously there's obviously uh, you know, no matter what your gender is, uh, I'm saying this. You know, obviously there's uh, mood swings when you're a teenager yeah. with all the hormones. Uh, so there's that element. You have friends around you who are fully abled who may be getting uh, the usual kind of teenage jobs that uh, when you're when you have a sight impairment at least this is what I found and I and I lost myself five but you know yeah. friends around me getting you know till jobs getting um, you know waiter jobs and it's like you know not an option for me and then you know obviously learning to drive as well yeah, it was um, it was hard because obviously, also what I found hard as well because I didn't really know how to prepare for certain things because it was um, one minute it was one way and then it was another. So yes, it wasn't fully. I could say, wasn't fully. I could say oh, right, I've lost my sight. It was. I think when you lose your sight, the physical side, everyone bangs on about that, but the psychological side to it, I think it's worse. Yeah, definitely. That's that's definitely, uh, yeah. No, I think that's, uh, I mean, I think in the modern day, I think uh, the psychological elements people are m becoming more considerate of. Uh, but still, yeah, I think people uh, can underestimate it. So, if you were in secondary school, uh, when um, a lot of this was happening with your sight, uh, how did it uh, come uh, about, you know, with uh, working in a different medium? Yeah. Um, it was, like, because obviously people just assume that when you lose your sight you think oh well, you can't see to get around don't they yeah how, how like people that are not in that sense would be like how would you cope and this i it it always annoys me a little bit when i say oh, how do you cope how do you do that how do you... i know it's ignorance sometimes yeah i get that but like how do you cope like <laughs> sure it's the same way like yeah i've lost my sight or like I wouldn't. I'd hate to be someone who'd lost their hearing and their sight. Hmm. Well, that's the so thing. The way I it? It's always, there's always someone worse off. Yeah. No, that was something that I would try and think of. Because even for me, anyway, like, for like for me personally, and not to be, uh, you know, like trying to show off anything, but like I was very aware. Like, I was fortunate, say, with my family situation as well. Like there are some people who don't get on with their family and you know whose um family don't have steady jobs for example like who's you know so there was that part as well for me you know not even on the ability on you know on me being able side it was there like you know yeah. i have a you know se security there and as far as you know there are some who aren't as fortunate but to the thing you said as well where people are oh, how do you cope the one example i've I think I've given before on uh, an ep previous episode is when I was learning Braille. Say for me, people would say, oh, "How do you do that?" And I would just say to them, like, not in a rude way, or at least I hope not. But well, who cares? But it's to be, I'd just be there, like, "Well, how do you write?" Because it was the same thing in my mind. It was like yeah, you know, you you, you learned to handwrite. I learned to Braille. You know, how do you do it? I don't know. I learned it. Um, <laughs> It's the same principle for me, like, and what, and like they say, how do you read, like, with Braille, for example, how do you read that? Or how do you read a book? Yeah. And they're like, well, with our eyes, I went, well, I ain't got, I've got eyes that don't work, so I use my hand. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, I'm guessing, though, as you still had a D 
decent amount of sight in secondary school, Braille wasn't uh, your way of working at that point? Um, see, when we was at school, they made anyone who didn't have, who struggled with their sight do Braille. Okay. So technically for me, it was hard because I was reading print and Braille and I, ha- I ain't going to lie, I hated it. I hated Braille. Okay. Um, what was that? I just didn't have the patience. Right. Um, but I learned it. I learned UEB Braille as well. I learned it in the end. I learned it properly by year 10, but I use print mostly. Like, Sure. I was, I think it took me a lot longer. I get that, but um, it was a good thing to fall back on to Braille if I had to. Like when I got to year 11, that was when I mainly just had to read Braille. Okay. So doing it in GCSE year was a bit tough. Like some of the work with the graphs and the table stuff in maths and stuff, that was a nightmare. Sure. But I didn't, I think also it also depends on the teacher you have because I had two different teachers. One of them was really good and then the other one was a bit like, it didn't really seem that bothered. As and in I what, to that, provide the work to be yeah, like converted for you? Like, and no, like, just to help and, like, when, with the brow teachers, like, one of them made it, like, fun, whereas the other one, it was just like, oh, it's a chore, you've got brow lesson today, make sure you're there, that sort of thing, where my first teacher, she made it really fun, and that's why I really liked it, and then when I was starting to like it, I mean, so... Um, but with someone who's just like, yeah, right, read that, and then won't talk to you for the rest of it. Sure. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, you mentioned about reading print for most of the time there, like when you're at secondary school, what size uh, tend to be better for you? So I started with UB28, which mm-hmm. is kind of a bit of a normal size, I think, just a bit big. Um, then I ended up being at UB40 right Um, and I I liked that just for the banter because of the music group fair play it was it was um, used to take me ages to read because you'd have like by the time you read one word you're on like the next line (laughs) sure sure so was so you mentioned GCSEs was Braille, what you used for all of them then? Um, it was so main in my GCSE, like the lessons, what we've done, I was mainly using the Braille, but then when it comes to exams, I obviously had a reader. Right. So I only used the Braille in the, um, say, like, you know, like when you're doing the tables and stuff. Sure. So yeah, it was mainly Braille. Okay, uh, and I'm guessing you did get additional time? Yeah, yeah, 100%. As in you got 100%, not that it's 100% you got additional time? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got 100% additional time, so I got double. No, I was pretty sure that's what you were saying, but I suppose I just wanted yeah. to clarify, just in case. <laughs> and uh, what about when it came to uh, the social side of things in secondary school with your site um, being, well, temperamental and the deterioration, I mean, like, you know, did you have people, you know, you know, being mean about it or did people just continue treating you the same? Um, Yeah, I had people there that were really supportive when I was there. My best friend, Billy, like, he was a like God sent to me at that time um, and other people like a couple of other friends who I talk to now still mm-hmm. um, my more my thing was outside like I never went out and socialised with people unless they'd come to my door to pick me up because I never had the confidence to independent travel Okay, that's something that's, 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 that's kind of happened after I've left college and stuff. Sure. Uh, so I did line cricket in school, 
but I only done that as if my family would drive me there. So I had to kind of be chaperoned. I wouldn't go on my own back and say, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm going out tonight. That never happened. No. Well, that's fair. I mean, on the mobility side of things, like, uh, were you using an aid, like a cane? Um, at first, I didn't. I hated using that as well. I'd just rather get people to guide me. Um, what was your but, yeah. particular reason for not liking the cane? Was it what it represented? If I'm truthfully honest, I think I was embarrassed to use a cane. Obviously, it's always a massive label. Yeah, it's mm. a huge label that it gives you like, oh, I'm blind, look. And sure. I think it's confidence as well, like, because I'd be like, well, how's this going to get me where I need to go? Because you can have a cane, but you still got to know where you want to go. Yeah. It's like having a guide dog. Like, the dog don't take you to the pub. you still got to know where. Even though some people think it does, but no. Yeah, even though I will say in my experience with having two guide dogs, if you go if you go enough times, they they learn pretty quickly. Um, you know, yeah. if you if you give it a name once you get there, for example, if you just refer to it as pub, it might like I say in, in both uh, cases I've found that if I say find the pub, they then know where to go. <laughs> even though pub's probably not the best yeah. example for me to give. Uh, yeah. Sainsbury's. <laughs> Yeah. Or the cinema, uh, actually. Yeah. You still got to kind of know where to. Oh yeah, definitely. And sort of thing. So. Yeah. I think a lot of mobility stuff is down to confidence with people, but yeah. especially in my in my sense. Sure. Uh, so when like you mentioned about going to blind cricket, but when when you did go out with people, was it like we mentioned? Uh, pubs like when you obviously would have been 18 or did you like go to cinemas did you or did you not really um, like going into like town centres or what like would you rather say hang out in your own house or in a friend's house for example no I didn't mind doing any of that I just people had to come and get me yeah like I wouldn't make my own way to stuff like I used to go football when I was 18, 19 and go into school with hangovers and that after being at football but that had been because I went with someone. Yeah. When when watching a match live, like, uh, did you get commentary from the beginning, as far as the beginning of your site going, or did it take you a while no, to accept yeah. that? Um, I never actually knew. I never actually knew about the the commentary stuff. No. Um, so I went there for years, not knowing about it. And then I went with one of my other friends who can't see, like, I think it was um, only about four or five years ago. Right. And he was like, oh, I'm going to get a headset. Do you want one? I went, what? <laughs> and he was like, oh, how do you listen to it? I went, I don't. I just listen to the crowd. And whoever I go with told me. Um, and he went, no, you get an audio headset. And I tried it and never looked back since, to be honest. Ironically, um, but like when I was like a complete different person, like I'd go and do stuff at football that you'd re- like think back and think I was a bit stupid then, but I was fine because I was with someone. But I would sure. never have travelled or anything like that on my own. Sure, that's fair. I mean, I have a similar situation experience when it came to going to the cinema like I only started using audio description headsets after going with a mate of mine who was totally blind um Mm. and like yeah I just thought I'll give it a go and yeah as you said never never look back the football thing I knew about quite early because my dad knew about it because my my dad took me to the first few games I ever went to yeah uh and uh as parents often often will do, he uh, did his research and stuff about it when, before we went. But is uh, so I'm guessing uh, you're a season ticket holder for Arsenal. Um, I'm not a season ticket holder. I have a purple membership, which is for the dis- 
people with disabilities. Sure. And it's like it's like thirty pound a year. Right. But I mean, you can apply. They you have certain aspects when they you apply for tickets and then you just pay and you get a concession on the tickets. Like I've just got tickets to go to the North London Derby and they only cost me thirty two pound. Right. For two tickets. Nice. So, uh, do you know? Um, you have a carer that goes in with you, so that kind of helps, I suppose. Sure. Is it? Are you? If people are wondering, is this? Do you know? Is this something Arsenal just do the with the? What do you call it? Purple plus purple membership, um, or is it something that all clubs do? I think most clubs do it. They might be named different, but if you're fans of these of specific clubs, all you have to do is ring up and say, "Do you have any like memberships for the disabled?" Hmm. Yeah. Um, I know Manchester United used to do it, and you used to be able to get it for free, but now you have to pay. Yeah. Um I don't really know it that well, and I know I do know like teams like Chelsea, Spurs, I think West Ham do it, but I'm not sure about other ones. Sure. Uh, and other than uh, football games, are there any other like? live events or specifically live sporting events you've gone to like you mentioned cricket and I'm talking about like to as a spectator not to uh, take part in. Uh, yeah yeah I've been to cricket games as a spectator um, I've been to the darts I've been to wrestling okay so like WWE yeah um, yeah no, that's about it really and are you able to get commentary for those? Uh, no, I didn't get commentary for the WWE because one, that's another thing I don't really know. I don't think they do it. Um, but I was in um, I was in the front row, so I technically didn't really need it because you can hear the wrestlers and all that yourself. Sure. It, it was a bit difficult, obviously, because during the matches and stuff, but obviously when I went it was it was being recorded to go out so I don't know if there's a way round how you can hear like say Michael Cole say whatever he's going to say never really I mean they are commentating live aren't they isn't that like the whole thing yeah. so I, I, I yeah, do yeah. think surely they could link it up because I will say it's the main thing because like you I am a, also a you know, pro wrestling fan because, as I've heard many people say, you know, there's not there's nothing like watching grown men, grown ass men and women um, have choreographed fights in their underwear and covered in oil. But uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> but the one thing that would put me off going is yeah, like you said, I don't unless things have changed. I don't think they ever did commentary like if I went to a football game and. I couldn't handle going to a uh, football game uh, without commentary. I, I, I'm not going to lie, I struggle slightly even with commentary just because uh, I thought for ages it was as a result of my blindness, but uh, with a light, I got a late diagnosis recently of having ASD, Autism Spectrum Disorder, yeah. and I realised uh, I get my senses get overwhelmed quite easily. Um, and if I didn't have the commentary to at least um, in my ears to distract me, I don't think I could handle, you know, 90 plus minutes um, in the case of a football game, uh, you know, of all that noise and no context. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that makes sense. Um, with the wrestling, because when I went to the NXT and the Raw one, it was because you were basically in the front but I just wonder if that's because you haven't asked for it so I wonder if you had the tickets and you chased it up yeah you may have to do that yeah it's a big risk obviously if you've got the ticket and you (coughs) I wouldn't go to wrestling myself unless I was in the front row because if you've not got a headset yeah you can't see it can you or hear it so if you're far back as far as like, I see you're happy to watch football, cricket, wrestling at home. 
Uh, yeah, I like to, I with football. I'd rather go to the game, like if it's my team, because mm. I don't think you can beat the atmosphere, and that's mainly what I go for. Sure, like the singing of the songs, the atmosphere, that sort of stuff. Even at the cricket, you get that like at specific runs, like T20 matches, or in, I've never been to an England one, which I'd like. I on my bucket list to do boxing, same sort of thing. I want to go to a boxing fight. Sure. Um, what about rugby? With the headset with that. Um, I've never really been a rugby fan, but atmosphere, if it was like an England I, game, maybe. I was going to say, I admit I'm not the biggest rugby fan, but I did enjoy when I went to my dad's, um, a friend of my dad's uh, had had two tickets so my dad asked me if I wanted to go along and with them and it was obviously I got commentary there and it was pretty cool England versus Ireland so whoever so whoever won I was happy also what I will say with headsets and stuff obviously with like boxing football there's always ways around it if they don't provide it because you can always go on your phone and listen I know you might have a delay it's not as easy but yeah I've done that yeah yeah that there's a way that way around it it's not ideal obviously I don't know about wrestling I don't think that's possible because I don't yeah I can't think of any radio stations that comment uh, uh, provide commentary yeah. on uh, pro wrestling yeah mm-hmm. I mean if anyone knows by all means tweet me but uh, yeah uh, it's uh, I think it's it's interesting though with that like when it comes to the watching them at home or you know as it were do you are you happy to stick with the tv i mean i know in the case of wrestling you would have to or do you rather have you know just have the radio on in the case of cricket and football and boxing Um, with the cricket with cricket and boxing i like the i like it on the radio Mm. because i think there's certain aspects go through it and they describe it better yeah. yeah. Football, I'm not really bothered with. I just, I don't like talk sport myself, but that's down to personal preferences. But um, BT Sport, I can watch football absolutely fine on Sky. And if I ain't got Sky, like if I haven't got Sky, I don't feel because I don't have Sky Sports. So if I'm like, oh, I can't listen to the football, I just put the radio on. Sure. That's fair. Makes sense. Uh, so have we obviously uh, slightly touched upon uh, going to college uh, yeah what did you uh, do there and were you, um, did you continue I, to use braille uh, no, no. Um, I um, had some um, I did all stuff on computer then I went into the world sure. of speech software oh uh, yeah um college I had done I've become like a qualified teacher and assistant and done stuff with personal training and sports leadership right so I kind of went down those routes which led to volunteering jobs after that okay uh, what uh, type of volunteering jobs so I volunteered in the special in the that special needs slash vision impaired school I was at and I'd done volunteering with um, I worked with like all different special needs kids like people that have autism mm-hmm. um, some like a couple have had like Down syndrome or like all different stuff really or just eyesight problems hearing issues behaviour problems sure uh, and are you doing that currently? Uh, no, not anymore. Um, I stopped that about probably about twenty, not probably about twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen. Just as my sight was getting really, really bad. Um, not currently at the moment. I'm just basically become a mentor for a charity called Look. Cool. Um, That's good. And this basically helping young children with everyday life and how they deal with aspects of that could challenge them at school and that sort of thing. Right. 
and just do um, and just help out on other stuff really. Yeah. I used to be a telephone befriender with Age UK, and I stopped doing that a few month, couple of months ago now. Okay. Uh, any particular reason for stopping? And they said they didn't need people as much anymore because lockdown has been lifted. Sure. That makes sense. Uh, to go back to Woods to uh, college, uh, was that mainstream? Uh, yeah. Uh, was specialist education ever considered? Um, I did consider the college, but then um, my nan was ill, so I couldn't really leave her. So I stayed and went to a special, uh, a mainstream college, and then just had the help. Okay. That was given a classroom assistant person, and it was. That's all I really needed. Just needed my work adapted, and I was fine. Okay. So you didn't uh, you didn't go to university after college? No, no, I wasn't that clever. <laughs> or just had no interest in it? No, it just wasn't my thing. I got college, and I was like, no, I need to go out do do some work. And obviously, I was into my sport quite a lot then, and I didn't want to stop that. Sure. Um... I guess that's a good segue to uh, go back into talking about the uh, uh, blind cricket. Uh, did you say, uh, uh, what's your current team? Uh, I play for Surrey. And due to, um, I guess them being your, uh, local to you, was that who you were playing with from the beginning? Um, they're not really my local team, they're just, I met. Okay. I- I had a couple of friends that play for them and they got me into it recently, right. like just before the second lockdown. Oh, okay. Um, but before I played for a team, I played. I went to a few training sessions and played once for a team called Metro, which is in London. Nice. In North London. Um, and I played for Essex, so all different ones really, but sorry, I've got quite a few friends there now, so it kind of Kills two birds with one stone. Like I've got the social side of it, and like seeing my friends. But then I enjoy playing cricket as well. So yeah. And uh, do you uh, play in like tournaments, competitions? Uh, well, we're in a league. We're in the national national league. So mm-hmm. it's coming up towards the end of the season now because obviously COVID interrupted it a bit and stuff. Right. So I'm off to a sort of a like a cricket camp slash tournament sort of thing um, next weekend in Leicester. So okay. that should be good. And you're saying it's worth just mentioning you say this at uh, the time of recording, which is uh, beginning of September. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. Uh, and uh, did you ever give blind football a go? Yeah, I did give it a go, but it weren't really for me because um, of the huge change from playing football, like with sight, and then to this, it was so the different tactics. Yeah, the whole yeah. you have to keep it, you have to keep it like like in your feet. You don't push it in front of you. Yeah, and. I was a midfielder when I played, so it's a bit hard. <laughs> How did? Because I know for some people it may be hard to get like in the habit of, uh, you know, being vocal and like you know have, saying "voy," for example, when uh, the opposition have the ball. Did you find yeah, that stuff alright? Yeah, that stuff was alright for me. It was just a huge change, and I think it was more the sight, not not being able to see where. I want to run to or that sort of thing and most times you'd run into people and they'd kick you and you'd want to just turn around and do the same sure did did other than a few knocks did you ever get any serious injuries from blind football for example I got a minor concussion okay no I didn't I only played a couple of times I was alright yeah no the referee ran into me (laughs) um ironically yeah it's uh had to be stretched off and everything. It was 
It was hilarious. Um, I was very British and be there like, I don't, you know, this is overkill. Um, they wanted to play it safe. I, I know I could, I could have walked off. But they wanted to play it safe, so I was like, fine, stretcher. But then I did think the oxygen mask was a bit much. <laughs> Just embrace it, mate. Yeah. It's, uh, no, you kind of do at that point. Uh, how about, uh, it's been spoken about um, on previous episodes, the uh, uh, Blind Sport uh, Goal Ball. Have you ever given that a go? Uh, yeah, I've recently just gone back to play for Cambridge Dons. Nice. So, um, um, I've been to one training session, but I hadn't played for a good couple of years. But yeah, I don't mind it. It's quite good to be fair. I enjoy it. Like, it's kind of a, it's, you're not just relying on one sport to play then you've got the, uh, like I have the cricket and then I have the goal ball so. sure do you have a particular strength when it comes to goal ball you're a better defender you're a better thrower um, I, like, I think I think defending mainly I, I've scored a couple of goals with goal ball but I do like the defending fair play I was always a better defender for me uh, it's harder they throw it and then you just block it and you're like yeah thou shall not pass sort of thing yeah I don't know and there's something for me anyway there was something quite satisfying about being because I was always centre so it was like you know not only are you blocking it you're then distributing it to those who you know will then um, you know bowl it in I have played centre before not recently but I mainly play on the left or the right because I'm like Obviously, when you reach out, it's like a goalkeeper, isn't it, sort of thing? But sure, yeah, that's fair. No, I was centers made uh, was picked for me quite early because uh, I wasn't a terrible thrower, but I was definitely it wasn't my I wasn't the best at it. There were there were better players than me at it. Yeah. Um, I was not one of those who could get it to sixty to seventy miles an hour. No, <laughs> I think I could get it to about forty. Fair play. Um, yeah. I sh- do recently. I do throw a lot of higher balls because, like, you launch it and then it goes a bit too high. <laughs> yeah, and over that, it doesn't bounce, doesn't hit the floor yeah. before the line. Yeah, I, I was fortunate that I never. Uh, I think I once did a high ball uh, in the whole time I played, and who knows? Maybe I'll go back to it as uh, you and I were uh, discussing before we started recording. I've. Uh, debated it and I, I can't deny um, while the Paralympics are going on um, yeah. it does get that uh, I guess that um, side of things you know the the juice flowing a bit yeah. uh, as the saying goes <laughs> uh, to um, so what about blind tennis have you ever given that a go or would you ever consider giving it a go um, I've played it a couple of times it's really not for me I'm not very good at it when I went a couple of times they said I hit the ball too hard they, they was like you hit the ball too hard you should play cricket I went um, I do <laughs> fair play so yeah it's never really been for so, me cricket's yeah, your calling card en- yeah I know people enjoy blind tennis but no that's fair I mean I've not given it a go and I'm not sure how interested I am because it's not like I'm the biggest tennis fan in the first place it's the same with cricket really yeah even though I have given cricket a go played it uh, give, gave it a go once when I was at uh, the, the Royal National College for the Blind yeah um, uh, we talked about uh, mobility aids and with the cane uh have you ever considered getting a guide dog? Because we talked about the, you know, talked about them a bit with the, uh, still need, what's the uh, way it was said to me? Uh, they're the pilot, you're the navigator. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I've, I'm on the list for a guide dog, so I've been on it a fair bit, but obviously COVID kind of put a kibosh to that, didn't it? Sure, yeah. Um, so I had like an assessment thing, like a mobility thing, to put you on the list or whatever it is but I'm expecting to have a phone call from someone in a I think they've said they're going to call me on the, around the week of the 20th of September so to 
like talk about how we go forward with stuff because I think they're going to come out and do more mobility stuff. So I've always, yeah, I I think the guide dogs are amazing. Don't get me wrong. No, uh, it's just it's a huge responsibility. So um, I'm glad. I'm kind of not in. I'm not glad we had COVID, but I'm kind of glad it's a bit further down the line because now my life's starting to come together to do a bit more like with a more, few more routes and stuff like with the cricket the goalboard or when if i was to go football um meet up socially with friends whereas before just before lockdown i didn't have i wasn't doing any of that when i applied sure uh how do you get how is your main way of getting around obviously you I'm sure you do use the cane, but like, do you walk? Do you get uh, people giving you lift? Do you get the train? Um, all depends because places where I go, places where I go are not within walking distance. So sometimes I walk to that like, station and get the trains and or get an Uber. And, sure. Because the station near me is like there's a big massive roundabout, and it's not for someone who can't see. It's not the safest place, so. Uber, it's only like a fiver, so it gets you at least it gets you there safe, and then I just use trains. Sure. And do you? Uh, how do you find using trains? Do you normally find uh, the yeah, help good? Yeah, I'm fine with it. Yeah. You're not going to get out properly all the time, but it's, life's not like that, is it? To be fair. Yeah, no, I guess that's uh, true. Uh, like. Obviously, we've talked about uh, sports and, uh, well, sports entertainment. Uh, being, uh, you know, a uh, source of enjoyment for you, Like, are you, say, a fan of film, TV, books, anything like that? Yeah, I like, I like reading. Like, I have an old, I have all the I'm more of a fantasy person, so, like, not, like... And what I mean, like, you know, like orcs and say dwarfs and magic and that sort of fantasy thing. Sure. Uh, dragons and stuff like that. Um, I watch Netflix quite a lot. Like stuff like Shadow Hunters, Peaky Blinders, all that sort of thing. I'm guessing you do use audio description when it's available. Yeah, yeah. I used to be able to watch it without, but now I, I really struggle with it when yeah. it's without. Yeah. Um. I don't watch as much TV as I used to, obviously, because we're lockdowns lifted. I started going out a bit, and I mainly watch YouTube videos and stuff. Okay. On the football side of things, what about match of the day? Um, this season, I've not watched it really because Arsenal keep losing. <laughs> I won't watch it when we do. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, no. I do watch it. But it's just I try to miss the Arsenal game normally. Judge when it will be on. Yeah. Yeah, I have a similar... Luckily, like, this last weekend when we got smashed against Man City, it yeah. was on first. So I thought, all right, I'll watch it from about quarter to 11. And just as I turn it on, they said, oh, yeah, after Arsenal came, we'll move on to this guy. Like, oh, that's perfect. Yeah, no, I have a similar sort of thing, I have to say, with my team, Manchester United, if they don't win, us not as interested in watching it. Yeah, that's so... What said. I do. I watch stuff like League of Their Own when that's on as well. Yeah, that's fair. I'm guessing as you're actually like playing sport and stuff as well, would you you would consider yourself a competitive person? Yeah, I don't like losing. <laughs> no, but I don't know. Like, I guess how deep does your competitiveness sort of run? Are you able to? Um, get some perspective after you've cooled down yeah, or I do get I do get some perspective like I I'm not happy at the time and probably for about an hour or two. It all depends how bad we've lost. Like we've been Arsenal, like the Man City been I was more annoyed with how we played against Brentford and the Man City. And I know it shouldn't be like that but um I know some people get like that. It's, it's the end of the world. I'm not. I'm not like that as much. Um, 
But I do get annoyed. I'm not going to say I don't get the ump about it, but I do. But it's um, it's all about perspective and levels for me. Like if you're losing to a team that you shouldn't really lose to, I'm really annoyed. But then if you're losing to a team that's quite a good side, you're like, oh, yeah, things have to change, but it's not the end of the world. Sure. Uh, Unless we play Tottenham, then that's a complete different animal. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, I still, in my mind, I still think, even when it comes to your rivals, there still is a line, in my opinion, where people go too far. But uh, yeah, I, get... I probably do. But <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to them, oh uh, well, I feel like with the uh, group we're in, I. Uh, yeah, noticed, like I, I noticed during hatred. the Euros. Yeah, like I have a pure hatred of Tottenham, and there's no other no other team I have that of. Like, I think it's their supporters as well. Like, they're probably and any Tottenham fan would probably say the same thing to you if you was talking to them about Arsenal. It's just, I think Man United and Liverpool fans are a bit like that. Mm-hmm. Um. Maybe Chelsea and Spurs as well, but like a West Ham Millwall, it's like that sort of thing for me. But sure. Uh, sorry, as far as I suppose a bit of a no pun intended, a bit of a dark segue when you mentioned about it, it's not the end of the world. Like, how was it for you adjusting to when your site deteriorated to the level it was? I know you, I think you suggested it, said it was twenty seventeen. Right. Yeah, um, was it something you were prepared for, or did it just come out of nowhere? I was kind of prepared. Of it. I was kind of prepared because obviously it was getting worse and worse and worse. It wasn't like a Randy Orton move out of nowhere. It mm. was like the f- um, for the few who will get that reference. Yeah, <laughs> um, it was kind of getting used to it because it all just went finally when I was playing cricket. I bowled a ball and I burst two centimetres of blood and a blood vessel in my eye. What, from bowling? Yeah. Well, it just like happened as you as after you yeah. threw it? Yeah, I bowled the ball and stuff. I just felt like my eye. in my eye and I was like, I was like to... So it was just in the right eye? Uh, in my left eye. Sorry, left eye. Sorry, I misheard. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I was just like to my mate, I went, I've got something's wrong with my eye and he looked at my eye and went no, you need, we need to take you to hospital and then it always put me I was a bit worried about playing cricket again because of that but I've got no sight now so if it happens it happens sort of thing probably has happened but I, I, I wouldn't know as horrible as that and blase as that sounds um, I feel like you would so know yeah, as far as the pain surely yeah, with the pain, but not by looking at it. Like, I've no. not really had much pain, so um, it's it was just saying that it was one of those things you knew it was going to happen. Sure, but it was just a matter of not if, but when. So, do you think you would come to terms with it in that sense? Yeah, yeah. Well, it still bothers me bits now. Like, I wish that I could still play console games. Sure. And I overthink stuff like that, and but you can't. I've, what I've learned about things in general now, not just your eyes and life. You can't control what's out of your control. Yeah. So easier said than done. Don't overthink or get upset about scenarios. But it's a, a therapy. A therapy. What I had. They, that's what they say to me. You can't control or change what's happening or what's happened, or you've just got to. The only thing you can control is your own actions, so and what you do. So, when that comes to not being able to see, yeah, I can't see, but it doesn't stop me being able to live the exact same life as I could have done if I could see. All right, you can't do specific things, but you adapt that. Yeah. So. Therapy was something that you did find beneficial. Yeah, I've done that in the last like couple of years. Though that was mainly something that I. It was a behaviour. It was more CBT, like behaviour therapy. Sure. 
Because you get frustrated with stuff as well, like naturally. Yeah. No, it's it's definitely. Uh, I mean, I I had therapy for many years as well, uh, and yeah, it's. I think I overall found it helpful. To it's because like the frustration is natural. There's you know, but as you said, you do, you know, sort of the key thing to remember. I think is that yeah you may you know not be able to do everything but yeah it doesn't mean there are things you can't do and it does it does sometimes lead to uh people uh you know being a bit patronizing for example when i've in the times that i went clubbing when i was younger you know people be there like oh if i was in your position i don't think i could do it so like i mean you could uh because you'll get pretty bored otherwise uh what you have to do, yeah, like, and and we don't. You got no, there's no other way around it. You have to still live your life. Yeah, you're blind or you're deaf or you're whatever, but you still you still got to live. Yeah, uh, and we would uh, obviously you get the uh, classic uh, when I was clubbing as well. Normally it was like you know my mates would uh, get told they were amazing people for helping me. Yeah. Uh, I always used to say, yeah, no, I'm amazing because I have to put up with them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, no, that's... No, we'd often laugh about it, those kind of things. But yeah, it's just, you know, what... Just it's ignorance, also, isn't it? It's ignorance and also I think it's just... It's ironically a bit of short-sightedness. I mean, what do they expect you to do? Yeah. Just be a couch potato? <laughs> well, the best one is when no, you shoot, if you're walking around you shouldn't be out on your own. Yeah, and then I had to say, "Well, yeah, my but my 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 police escort's not available today, so I had to go out." Sure, yeah, and then and then they don't know what to say. I've been fortunate that I don't think I've ever had that one, but that probably is because, especially for the last nearly ten years, I've had a dog with me, and I think uh, people aren't. In some may argue weirdly but I'd say probably correctly I think some people see that as uh, safer than a cane yeah I agree uh, but yeah no it's I think it's very I think important for people because again like to also repeat what we said earlier you know one thing for me as well you know in and out of therapy you know and stuff you would need to remember when growing up was yeah whether it's when it whether it's able related or something else you're not you know there are people worse off than you yeah uh and in my case especially it was which i think i've said this before but the reality of my situation was you know i could have been dead so you know uh you know i've i don't you know I think uh, the option I had was uh, preferable. Yeah, I don't get that. Yeah, but uh, to uh, end the episode on a lighter note, uh, obviously I referenced the, the a group the group that we're in, and that's uh, how we met um, on Facebook. Uh, and I know you s- s- talked about wanting to. Uh, uh, sort of uh, involved that when it came to a hobby so floor is yours as they say yeah cheers for that um, so basically me and three other friends of mine we run a group called Sportsmania so we are it's basically anything about sport it's a way to make friends we do socials like online at the moment we are looking to doing it in, in person as well but where everyone's from all over the country it's a bit difficult but we'll we'll get there <laughs> um but we are on facebook we've got a facebook group and it's um just called sports mania basically and we do have a twitter handle which is at official s mania so if you could give us a follow and if you're interested in anything the groups what we have more than welcome to join we also have a whatsapp group and we do stuff on zoom like quizzes we've done a transfer deadline day special um it wasn't 
really anything special about the deadline day, but it was like a social, so it was good to chat to everyone. Indeed. So, yeah. Uh, um, you also have the uh, podcast. Oh, close. Cool. <laughs> That's why you're here. <laughs> yeah, we also do podcasts as well. So, yeah. weekly we do Premier League ones. We've done a lot on the Euros. Yeah, I was on one of those. Yeah, we've done the cricket. We've done a cricket one. I know we're looking to do wrestling ones, um, rugby, Formula One. So, you name it, sport wise, we're there. And that's uh, also called Sports Mania. Yeah, Sports Mania podcast. Under, yeah, they're all under the same handle. It's on Spotify on all your usual podcast services. That's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google. Yeah. You can check it out after this. Yeah. Go alongside each other. Yeah. Uh, I think we've uh, managed to cover a lot of things there, George. Yeah, cheers for having me on. No, thank you for being on. Uh, and thank you for obviously sharing your story. And uh, I hope uh, those listening have enjoyed it as much as. I have well that was a very informative chat hopefully you found it educational and somewhat entertaining you can follow me on twitter at theblindbrennan send an email to theblindbrennan at gmail.com or join the facebook group listen with your eyes if you can like, share and rate the podcast that would be very much appreciated you've been listening with your eyes and you'll hear us again next time